Welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Neglia. And on this episode, I have a new co-host. Clay Worrell wasn't able to make it into the studio (laughs) for this interview. So Jimmy Robeson um, took the uh, assistant position. And so Jimmy and I, we got to speak to somebody who is, for me personally, one of my heroes, one of the greatest men that I know, a man by the name of Danny Ramos. Um, He has been teaching and preaching and pastoring uh, for 30 years. In fact, I say this in the interview, but I came to Christ uh, while under his care in youth ministry in a, a church called Calvary Chapel Fallbrook about 17 or 18 years ago. So my esteem for this man is unrivaled. And so I was really glad that he agreed to come on the podcast and uh, and let me interview him. Uh, he's not a boastful man. Uh, <laughs> it took a little bit of coaxing uh, to get him in front of the microphone, but I'm really glad that I did. Um, you can listen in as Jimmy and I talk to him or ask him questions about, um, I guess, the power of the Holy Spirit in our preparation and in our preaching. Um, preaching and teaching as an extension of our pastoral care for the congregation. And then also the most important part of this is just finding your own voice. Uh, Yeah, Danny is really honest and candid uh, about how important it was that he just learned to just be himself um, in the pulpit. Love Jesus, love the Bible, love the people. So I hope you enjoy this. Make sure you listen at the end. There's more details about the Florida training weekend that we're hosting November November 30th and December 1st in Bradenton, Florida. But I hope to see some of you there and enjoy this episode. All right. Welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast. Uh, I have the honor of uh, sitting with uh, my old youth pastor, Danny Ramos, and uh, co-hosting today is my old uh, Bible college roommate, uh, Jimmy Robeson. What's up? Hey, Michael. <laughs> Good to see you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. Like, every episode has been people that I like, uh, but I think there's something really <laughs> special about this. Yes. So thanks, guys, for coming along. Oh, I'm honored. Jimmy, you excited? I'm very excited. Representing Spring 314. Yeah, 314. So that was the room that we... Uh, we shared back in Bible college like 16 years ago. 16 years ago, and it's the, mm-hmm. yeah. We're still never friends. Never would I imagine that I'd be able to do this podcast with you. Yes, it's awesome. Um, and yeah, and Danny, Danny was the, the youth pastor at Calvary Chapel Fallbrook, um, which was the church that my parents made me go to, the youth group that they made me go to after I got suspended from high school for the second time, I think. And was like on the edge of being expelled. And my parents wanted me to make some Christian friends to be a good positive influence. 
And uh, then I, I met Jesus, and so that was under your, your preaching and your care, and so I'm, I'm like forever in your debt. Wow. That's humbling to hear. Yeah. And I'm, I'm honored to be here. Um, so we're talking, we're not just reminiscing about um, milestones in my life. <laughs> um, Expositors Collective is about like helping um, young people or new preachers who are like wading into the the waters of expository Bible teaching um, improve in their craft. And so, a question that I like to start these interviews with is, um, Danny, do you remember like your first sermon and what was that experience like of preaching for the very first time? I will never forget my first uh, sermon. Uh, had an opportunity. Uh, our senior pastor at Calvary Fallbrook at that time took a month off. He approached a number of the guys from uh, the church, uh, asked them if they would fill in on a Sunday. I believe I was the third person to fill in, at least within the course of that particular month. Okay. And I labored long and hard over um, from the book of Daniel, Belshazzar's Feast, or the handwriting on the wall there. And uh, I'll I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. I've forgotten many sermons since then, <laughs> yeah, right. uh, rightfully so, but uh, that was uh, both uh, a privilege and honor, and it scared the daylights out of me. Uh, why? Well, um, uh, I've never been one to speak in front of people. I always felt a little insecure, and, um, and yet, because I, I so looked up to the pastor at that time, um, I, I took I took everything to heart. Okay. And, uh, so, being in front of people uh, was frightening. Okay. Okay. And what what made you choose Daniel five? Was it assigned to you? No, I I, uh, I prayed. You know, prayed over it. And that's probably more of a <laughs> yeah. That's a good idea, right? Um, probably more of a New Testament guy, gospel guy. Um, but I just remember praying about it and going back and forth through my big, thick Bible at the time, monstrous thing that it was, great volume, and um, land, landed on the story. I've always uh, probably enjoyed the narrative, the story, and drawing truths from that than, uh, than, any, than any other uh, uh, form, uh, form of uh, teaching. Okay. And I guess the next question is, um, how did it go? It went great. Um, I will never forget that it was the first time, um, I believe, that my father uh, who came, uh, came to church, uh, oh, particularly cool. to hear me. That's probably one of the, the reasons, apart from my pastor uh, thinking enough of me to ask me to teach, hmm. but that my dad was there, and I had a sense that he was very proud uh, proud of me uh, for being able to do that. Wow. Wow. Um, most people, when I ask about their first sermon, they say that it was terrible and that, um, that, that it was just this, this disaster. But your first one, you, you were happy with it. I prepared like my life depended upon it. <laughs> really? And, really? Uh, it's, it, it contended, it's, it's a long uh, portion of Scripture. I probably wouldn't advise anybody just starting out to, you know, to start out. But for me, stories can be condensed and personalized. And um, I, really, I, as a person, really appreciate history. And so then so much of the Bible is history. Um, and so it just kind of was in my wheelhouse, so to speak. It was like right up my alley. And were you a, a pastor at this time, or were you a volunteer, or at, at, where were you in your journey of I was, new, I was newly converted. I, was, I came to know Christ at 22. I was probably, um, gosh, not much older than that, 23, 24. Um, 
And so I was a, at the most a volunteer. Yeah. Okay, wow. And and so you preached it, and it's it's um you were happy with how it it turned out, but so you're older than 23 now, aren't you? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, and and you probably haven't been preaching um, every week since then, but but would you say most weeks? I think I've or been, many weeks? Maybe? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, I, I would say I've been teaching cons- the Bible consistently since about ni- 1988. Wow. Wow, I was trying. To, I was doing the math when I knew I was coming here today. Okay, because <laughs> I figured that uh, you know what's what's the duration of uh, studying, okay. which I value as much as uh, sermon delivery, sermon preparation. I I love studying. Um, I love being in the Word. Uh, uh, I teach regularly at our church on Sunday night, and uh, fill in from time to time for our pastor. So studying is is something I it becomes natural. Yeah, to me. I enjoy it. Well, I, I do want to like circle back to that sure. in, in a little bit because I, I, I do know you to be like a serious student and um, uh, you you read a lot. And sometimes when people get older, they can kind of coast a bit. Um, and I know that you are you're really unsatisfied. You There's always more to know. There's always a new um, insight to gain. And I just I really applaud that. I think that's a really commendable thing. I'd love to hear about your your sermon prep routine. But I kind of want to talk about that gap between 23 years ago, or let's say 88. Was it? Or, yeah. Yeah. So 30 years ago. I'm bad at math. 18, 2018, so it'd be it's 30. Okay. Years ago. Yeah. Thanks, Jimmy. Well, yeah. well and I just I just want to say something. You know, I something that hasn't been said yet is that I actually work with Danny. I work at Maranatha Chapel with him, um, and something I really appreciate about his Bible studies is that it's clear that he loves Jesus so much and it's clear that he is so dependent on the Holy spirit. And that is something that I think is so powerful about his teaching now that, um, even over the last few years, as I've gotten to know him slowly, um, just his, not only does he spend time studying, but that he actually lives it out in in his life. And he really is an example of someone who loves Jesus and wants other people to know Jesus that way. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The reason, yeah. Things that you have in common is not just that you both know me. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's that you're both on staff at Maranatha Chapel now as well. At one time, the only thing that, that had yeah, in common that, was that yeah. <laughs> yeah, but now that's grown, and yeah, we are, and Jimmy and I have a good relationship. So, in that gap from '88 to 2018, um, I, I, I'm sure, and I believe that there's been like Im- improvement um, or change in your sermon preparation and delivery. Uh, what are the things that have like changed since? Yeah, you began 30 years ago to right now. I think I have more confidence. I, I think in the early time, I was always afraid of saying something wrong or incorrect. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, granted, I uh, the first 12 years of ministry were with students, so middle school and high school students. Um, but I, I think what, what studying, what teaching, uh, what listening to good preaching uh, does is it gives you a sense of confidence. And so now in my sermon prep, maybe I, I might even... Uh, Time-wise, it, it might be less, but I'm accomplishing more. Um, I also used to try and, and do most of my sitting during the workday, and I find that I'm most you know, early. I'm an early riser, so spend time with the Lord, and then spend time uh, doing my sermon prep, studying. Uh, technology certainly has helped. Hmm. Uh, there's a lot of uh, you know. I used to carry around a stack of books, and now everything is a click away. Uh, that's been great. Um, 
I think listening to valued or highly esteemed uh, preachers uh, on my walks, you know, uh, via podcast. Uh, there's just a lot uh, that has, uh, at this point, from when I started to where I'm at now, um, that has helped me in the area of confidence. Okay. So confidence, um, what else has changed? Well, I just I rattled off quite a bit of stuff, didn't I? <laughs> um, I have um, been in and out of ministry twice. And uh, so I left uh, I, the church that I met you at, Calvary yeah. Chapel Fallbrook, and, and took a break from ministry, and, and then uh, became part of another fellowship, and then took a break there. Uh, just really felt that God had given me, you know, had told me it was okay to take a break. And so sometimes at Maranatha Chapel, I feel like I can look back on my life and see that God, even though I've taken a break, God has brought me back in. And uh, there's uh, the idea that the gifts that God gives us, are, you know, that he doesn't remove them from us. And they're uh, irrevocable. And so that's also given me confidence, uh, confidence is to be able to look at my life and see God's faithfulness uh, over the last 30 years. Uh, is, is giving me also a lot of confidence. Uh, when I'm asked to teach now, uh, whether it's in whatever setting, uh, whether it's a chapel at our school, uh, 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 church staff, um, I, I, I go for it. I, I really feel like it's uh, an opportunity from the Lord. Hmm. And so, since the, the, the aim, anyway, of the Expositors Collective and this, this podcast, is, it's for younger or for new preachers, how can one gain confidence apart from 30 years of experience? Or, or do you think that that's not possible? Well, let me, let me say this. I think my life experience, even prior to knowing the Lord and then coming into the ministry, I think a lot of who I am and my need for confidence could be very different from another individual, regardless of their age. Um, I... Uh, I see a lot of young men today, uh, expositors, uh, communicators, and I am just in awe of their gifting and their ability. It's almost as though, uh, from a generational standpoint, so I'm 62 years old now, I look back and just see a momentum, at least within uh, the framework of, uh, of the group of churches or the fellowships that I'm with, it just seems like Subsequent generations, God is just really blessed, and I, I mean, obviously, you have the opportunity to watch uh, guys in our uh, student ministries uh, preach and hear them teach, and I just, am, I'm just blown away. I mean, they are gifted, and they seem or appear to have great confidence. So, some of, some of, I think, of my answer is just this is who I am, and this is okay. what I need. Okay. Where another individual may may not need that that sense of confidence. Danny, what would you say to um, a, a young um, guy who's, who's beginning to teach that does really struggle with being afraid of saying the wrong thing? Um, or what do you wish someone would have told you back in those days where you were so afraid to say the wrong thing? Um, how, how, do you, how do you wrestle with that? Or how, what would be your encouragement for someone like that? Well, I hope this answers your question. I continually come back to having confidence in God's Word. Hmm. Um, I would also say right along with that is having confidence uh, in that if you, if you have an opportunity to teach and you're growing just like we do in all things in life, not only ministry, but in life for sure, um, that the Holy Spirit is a great resource. Amen. Um, his empowering uh, really speaks to uh, 
all of my insecurities yep. and um, uh, you know some of the things I would view as uh, maybe being a bit of a uh, an obstacle. So that we we must have authority or confidence in the authority of God's word, and we must also have confidence in the presence and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives personally. I would hope that a young person could sit down and and deal with that to some extent. Um, it, it, it's part of my journey for sure. It's a part of my journey. Okay, so so circling back to what I promised. Keep circling back. Well, yeah. Now now going back to um, what we were touching on at the beginning. So I know that you teach Sunday nights, right. and then sometimes you teach. Um, on the, the main weekend services at Maranatha as well, yeah, is that right? Yeah, I've had opportunity. Um, and so, let's say week in, week out, as you're preparing for that um, Sunday evening uh, message, uh, what does your preparation process um, look like? When does it begin? What are the steps? Um, kind of take us along the journey to prepare the Sunday night sermon. I think for me, I don't know if this is true about other guys, but it's where my mind is, you know, what I'm thinking about. Uh, right now, I'm currently teaching through the book of Galatians. Um, uh, we just finished up chapter 3 this past Sunday. So even last week, I started to look at chapter 4 just to get a sense as to where we're going. I like to, when I'm done uh, with Sunday night, say, hey, next week, uh, you know, we're going to be in chapter 4. We're going to do the four, first four verses. Paul's going to continue to talk about the, the purpose and the intent, the role of the law, uh, Abrahamic covenant, and then... Uh, the role of, of, of uh, yeah, Paul, uh, God's promise to Abraham and Abraham's example of uh, uh, believing God and it being credited to him as righteousness. So I'm always thinking about what's up next. doesn't mean, necessarily mean I have opportunity to sit down and uh, study the text. Uh, so then Monday morning, I will, uh, in, you know, in my, after my devotional time, right before I, um, you know, go out for a morning walk, um, I'll, I'll spend some time just breaking down the text. Uh, I'll uh, copy and paste into a Word, a Microsoft Word document, and I'll just, I have a series of questions I just start asking about that text. And then on my walk, I can listen to anything. It could be praise and worship music. It could be a podcast of just any, you know, what's up next. Or uh, I could listen to that teaching. I don't like to listen to the teaching early on by somebody. Uh, I'd rather probably later in the process, hmm. later in the week. Okay. Uh, but I do start asking the, the questions uh, in, in uh, sermon preparation. And what are those questions? Um, well, it's a, series, it's a series of questions that um, are framed by the people that I know will be there on Sunday night. And so I have a core group of people who are typically there. Um, because I pray for them after service, uh, so on, this is Sunday morning, right? And the night before, I've stayed after uh, service with them and have prayed with them. And so a lot of times what they're going through um, is, is helping to shape the application of the text. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so it, it, it keeps your finger on the pulse, so to speak, of who you're going to be speaking to the next weekend. So I guess you're not going to give us those, those specific questions, but is it something along the lines of, you know, what, what does, you know, Christopher need to hear from this passage, you know, what does Susie need at this moment? Is that kind of along the lines of yeah, what you're? That, that really does shape. I mean, in, in, with all with all due um, respect, the text tells you what to teach, right? You know, as, right. You, get, as yeah. you get into you know uh, word studies, as you get into your you know um, 
thinking through, obviously, in Galatians in particularly, polysological. Um, he's uh, answering questions, I believe, that the Galatians were asking, or if they weren't asking, they should have been should asking. Have, right. <laughs> and uh, he's, he's dealing with uh, probably uh, those that were present in that particular, those churches in the region of Galatia, right, uh, who were troubling them. And so I'm, I'm thinking to myself as to um, what do the people uh, what will the people who are present? Uh, how do those? How does what's taking place in the text? What are the words? The key words in the in the passage of scripture, for example, this coming weekend again is verses one through seven in Galatians four. Um, how can that practically help the people and what they're going through? Hmm. I hope that's clear. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's you said your your Monday morning kind of thinking it through. Okay. And then is that kind of repeated Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or do you have like a different step? for Tuesday and Wednesday? Well, uh, as I'm sure anybody listening uh, to this podcast will appreciate, I take that with me uh, to work, and, uh, but I have so much to do. And so through, any, through the course of the day, uh, when I have an open spot, I'll just go back to it. It's on my computer, I'll open it up and start making my way through it. I have in my mind a story um, uh, from the text uh, that is starting to answer the question. So the first two pages, of my Bible study, or typically it's about four to four and a half pages long. The first two pages are just starting to answer those questions uh, in, a, in a kind of a narrative. Um, I don't like to say last week we covered this, although I do, uh, because there's going to be people there this Sunday night who are visiting and mm-hmm. are going to immediately feel alienated. Okay. So in a sense, I like to keep each study a standalone, but it's so interconnected because Paul's making this argument through chapter three and into chapter four a bit. So, um, so through the course of the day, I'll just uh, um, begin to develop uh, in my mind uh, where where we're going with what what we're what questions we're going to be answering, and then just begin to explain the text. It's a very very simple approach. Okay, and at what point you mentioned that? you don't listen to other people's sermons on it earlier in the week, at what point would you bring in um, commentaries or books? Would that when, be kind of like Tuesday, Wednesday? When there is a portion of the text that leaves me scratching my bald head, okay. and okay. I'm thinking, you know, it's back to, I guess, our initial opening uh, uh, time together. Uh, I don't feel confident that I understand what the text is saying. Um, I, I, I don't have that confidence, so I'm going to start seeing what some of the other guys uh, have said or listen to them uh, um, until I feel like pretty uh, pretty secure in, in whatever I'm teaching. Okay. And when you you said you had four pages or four and a half pages. Yeah, about four and a half. Okay. Five. And are those just are those paragraphs? Are those bullet points? The first two pages will generally be uh, triple space. Uh, I'm older. My my eyes need a, a twelve font. Okay. And um, so the advantage of having thirty years of experience is that you know you have all this confidence built up and yeah. experience, but then also you need much bigger yeah, <laughs> spaces yeah. and yeah. Font. And I don't want I don't want the first two pages to get bogged down. I, I want to move uh, quickly through it, uh, talking. You know, uh, um, I think an important part for anyone is kind of press pause here. I, you don't press pause. I'll press pause in that thought. Um, is this is me, and this is how I'm wired. Yeah. And I think I think the story. 
Some guys would maybe call it the narrative. And so in, in expressing or communicating God's word, uh, it's obviously going to flow through my life experience and through my personality. Uh, I have a huge heart for those who are hurting. So I would say that generally nine times out of ten, I'm looking to comfort the people. Um, oh, that's cool. And, and that, again, is related to the previous Sunday night and the people I pray with. Mm. Plus, through the course of my week, we were uh, generally a Sunday through Thursday, I'm taking counseling appointments and meeting with staff right. and working through it. So it is very much, I don't know if you call it holistic, every part uh, is shaping the sermon, but I would hope that this sermon is shaping me. Wow. That's kind of cool. Um, you know, you you touched on, you know, that you said this is me, um, and you didn't, you didn't say it this way, but it kind of reminded me of like, you're not trying to be someone else. Um, that kind of come that kind of goes along with the whole confidence thing of knowing like God has given me a voice. He's put a calling on my life and I'm not going to try to regurgitate what someone else has done, but I'm going to seek the Lord and what he speaks to me. Like I'm going to do the best that I can do to be me to, and also serve in, in the way that God has programmed my heart, which is for you, you said like a lot of compassion. So that that's sort of the voice that you're coming through. That might be, something younger um, guys might be struggling with figuring out like, well, what is my voice or who am I or what, you know, should I try to be somebody else? And, and really understanding the confidence in God has created each one of us um, pastors uh, with, with a specific heart. And, you know, can you, could you touch on that just in what, how did you figure out who, what, what your voice was? How did you figure out who you were and when did you become confident? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay not being that person. Right. I, well, I think when you use the terminology to find your voice, I think that is a perfect way to describe it. Um, we are all different. And like I know, Jimmy, you're a worship leader. And although I, I would guess that there are other musicians and worship leaders that you appreciate their, you know, their skill, um, you, know, uh, you know, various aspects of their lives, I mean, you have appreciation for them. Yeah. Um, and yet, you're you. Yeah. And so I think that is true in, in, in communicating. Um, that, uh, But I don't think it's an overnight thing. I think, yeah. uh, like many things in life, it's trial and error. Um, I can't tell you how many times I did a, uh, gave a Bible study and on the drive home was thinking, what can I do on Monday? Uh, you know, what kind of a work or job can I do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> this teaching, this pastoring teaching thing just isn't working out. And I think it's just, you know, it is the faithfulness of the Lord to bring us back again and again. And, Amen. And it is t- takes time. We live in a culture that wants everything now. But um, from the time you first picked up your guitar or whatever musical instrument you started your journey on to yeah. where you're at now and where you hope to be mm. or dream about being another 10, 15 years as a worship leader and a yeah. pastor in our church, um, I feel the same way, even though I'm older, I'm looking, I, I sometimes sit down on Monday morning, take my notes, you know, look over them and just think, um, you know, thank you, Lord, for, for never allowing me to give up hmm. wow. or to walk away from, uh, you know, from the ministry or Bible teaching. You find your voice by trial and error, I guess. Um, wow. Well, yeah, thanks. And I, I know that you've, I guess, maybe found it in a deeper, truer way in, in recent years. But 
but again, 20 years ago in Calvary Fallbrook when there was a punk rocker sitting in the back row who was literally forced to be there. Like, I think what was so um, attractive about your like teaching and preaching and what, what caused me to, to perk up is that yeah, you were really who you were. Um, that you were an, an older guy, you know, I've my, I'm, I'm like your daughter's age. So you're right. literally old enough to be my dad, but you weren't trying to be like, you know, Hey, fellow kids, it, it's me, cool guy, Danny, you know, or Dano. Um, you were just who you were and, and you just, you loved Jesus and you loved the Bible and you wanted us to, to know the message of the Bible and to know Jesus. And, and you love the students. Because he loved Jesus, he loved the Bible, but you also knew, in, in a sense, yeah. that, that he loved you. Did I say that? No. Oh, well, I meant it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I mean, I, I felt it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I knew that a I was welcomed that I that that this this guy, this Mexican guy, as old as my dad, um, who, looking, uh, yeah, this, this strikingly handsome, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, that 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 I was welcomed and that I was loved there, mm-hmm. and that that there was like a story in the Bible that that impacted you and that it, that it could impact me. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, again in those, you know, as like an unregenerate um, teenager being dropped off um, at this youth group. You know, I hated the music. No offense to the worship leaders, um, <laughs> but uh, I probably would have hated your music too. Um, but like, it was just like this is this music is so slow and stupid, and they just say the same words over and over and over again. Um, but like, I actually I always loved like the sermon. I was really? Like, yeah, it was like even even before I was a Christian, even before I would say that I had this attraction or was being drawn to to God, I was just like, this is like, no matter what, this is interesting. It's interesting to hear someone passionately talk about something that they care about. Um, again, as a high school student, I, I, I had people as old as my dad um, talking to me and teaching me things all day long, but, but nobody communicated the idea that, like, you know, you need to know this about um, fractions and geometry because this is the story of the universe and how you fit into it, you know? Um, but on Wednesday nights at what seven o'clock to eight o'clock, um, I heard this story that obviously was so impactful to you, and um, that you loved me and cared for me and wanted me to know the God of, of Scripture. And, and so, um, so I know that you probably would feel that you're far more like mature or developed or or whatever uh, years later. But I mean, whatever you were doing in two thousand, like that worked. <laughs> yeah. I- you know, as you're talking, I'm remembering those those days, which were probably, and I think my wife would agree, some of the most special times in our lives. As I think back on on the, that time, uh, obviously, you know, who I am uh, now. I mean, it was still developing, but I remember a real. You use the word passion. Mm-hmm. I felt a real passion for God's word, even though I was limited uh, at that time. Uh, in my, you know, understanding of theology and doctrine and, you know, the Word of God and living it. Because obviously, it, we live it. We have life experiences. We have these great mountaintop experiences. We also have, you know, uh, tragedy come into our lives. And so that I think all of that shapes us. Um, but I really had a sense uh, at that time. I remember this above all, everything else. We had amazing students. But 
um, of just a real dependence upon the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And a, in my personality, I think, maybe even changes a little bit when I'm teaching or preaching. It does, yeah. Uh, because uh, just if there is an, um, I think the only word I could really use to capture what I'm trying to say is, is that when we teach God's Word, whoever you are, with whatever uh, your educational background, when we teach God's Word, there's a prophetic uh, aspect to it where the Spirit will take our words and use them to uh, pierce the hearts of the people. And, mm. um, and so it is, it is our voice, but it's God's word. It's our life experience. Yeah. Um, you know, a little bit of all of the above, for sure. Danny, you mentioned a few minutes ago that there was sometimes you drive home and kind of say, oh, I, wish, I wish I could find another job, or, or you know, I'm thrown in the towel, and you're glad you didn't. Um, but could you touch on, you know, what were some of the mistakes or things that, that you, like, that looking back, you're like, oh, that, that was something I, I had to learn from my own experience, but I could have learned it from somebody else. Or is, you know, is there anything that you could look back on in your journey of teaching and, you know, give an encouragement? Like, here's some, you know, tricks and tips, or here's some, yeah. some I, you know, ideas of way, things not to do. Or... Well, I remember um, several years ago, I went to a, a teaching, preaching a workshop and um, I thought, well, you know, this is a little late in the game, but I want to encourage some of the other guys mm. on our team to go. <laughs> It'd be nice for them to see me there. Yeah. <laughs> and so I went with our guys, and it was more like, well, we'll have a shared experience. We'll have lunch together, and we'll talk about their preaching and teaching. There were some of uh, some of the young uh, pastors from our uh, from from our ministry, and I believe that it was when one of the presenters was talking about his story. And how he, I think by nature, is a storyteller. And he had this crisis of, you know, trying to preach like all these different pastors and preachers who are wonderful, phenomenal. If I said their names, most people would know them. And how he finally uh, found his voice. I know I'm doubling back on that. It's so I exhale. Hmm. It's so as, as though I just said, you know, I'm... Just be yourself. Yeah. Wow. You know, just just be yourself. Um, you are probably the hardest person on you uh, than yeah. anybody that's sitting in your congregation. Mm. Um, that God is for you. The Holy Spirit's for you. Amen. Uh, your people are for you. Uh, so be yourself. Work really hard at uh, at, at studying. Um, work really hard at applying God's word to your life personally. Um, make sure you're with your people. And, uh, you know, I'm fully confident um, that God will bless your ministry. That's good. Well, that's fantastic. And that's a fantastic note to, to end this on. Um, again, I've, I've learned from you so much over the years. Um, I remember back you had a, a small, like, uh, young men's discipleship group that uh, was started off small and then ended up smaller. smaller. I have that gift, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and and it ended it ended with uh, just me and Alex meeting with you uh, once a week, going through the Book of James. And so, um, thank you for that like un unglamorous ministry of being with the people. Um, that that's one example that I benefited from. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been great to um, be learning from you for the past 
15 or 20 years. And so I, I'm so thankful that you are on this podcast and uh, hopefully others can learn from you as well. Thank you for having me, Mike. I usually end by asking for like um, your Instagram details or Twitter, um, but I, I have a feeling <laughs> you're shaking your head. Okay. So if you want to connect with Danny Ramos, just go to the Sunday night service at Baranatha Chapel. That's right. <laughs> Meet him in person. That's right. Let him pray Even for you. Better. Yeah. That's Thanks better. for having me. It was a great honor. Cool. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks for listening. That was good stuff, huh? Well, as I mentioned at the beginning, the next training weekend is going to be in Bradenton, Florida, hosted by Shoreline Church. I'll be there. Pete Nelson will be there. David Guzik and Brian Broderson will be there. And we'll be hosted by the wise, kind, strategic, anointed Pilgrim Benham. Um, and I would love for you to join us. It'll be Friday, November 30th and Saturday, December 1st. If you are 18 to 34 and interested in growing as a teacher or a preacher of God's word, please consider joining us. Please visit expositorscollective.com to find out more details and registration for the upcoming training weekend in Bradenton, Florida. I'd love to see you there.